Hello. Now, this is usually where the podcast would start, but I'm just jumping in this week to let you know that the audio is slightly messed up for the first sort of five minutes. But don't worry. Once Andy's headphones die, we realize that the sound is much better and we carry on with the good sound. So stick with us. The sound does improve. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to this Nostalgia FC podcast with your hosts, me, Drew Hollins-Roberts. And me, George Thomas. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of obscure football history and obscure footballing players. Each week we'll get on a guest who will give us their favourite footballing 11, their super sub, their manager, their stadium and their kit. Yes, and this week's guest is a very good friend of ours called Andy Holden. Uh, We grew up with Andy, we played football with him a lot. And we know that he is a massive football fan. So without further ado, this is Nostalgia FC and this is Andy Holden. Hello, Andy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, boys. Pleasure to be here. All right. You're very welcome. So we've just bigged you up and said you're a big football fan, which you're now going to counteract by telling us who you support. Uh, Man United, the best ah. team um, in Manchester. Oh, <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It's hard now. You can't, you can't say best team in England. You can't say best team in Manchester. No. Best team in Salford. I ran out of work. Right, so yeah, you're a United fan. National side? Wales and England. I'm a very sort of questionable... Oh, get him off the podcast. I know. My dad, my, a lot of my family is English. Uh, I was born in Wales, so I support both, which is probably going to become apparent in some of my team. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some of our uh, listeners might have you cancelled, others won't mind so much. I think uh, I, I was a bit uh, worried that you were t- you two were going to cancel me before. Uh... <laughs> right, well, national allegiances aside and club teams, you're not filling me with confidence here, Andy, because I don't like any choices here. Right, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, we've been friends for years. I can, I can do this to you. If it was someone I didn't know, I wouldn't say these things, but with you, it's fine. So let's get straight in. Formation, what are you going to go with? 4 3 3, I've got my uh, formation as. So. Lovely. So, as always, I'm going to ask you the three in the middle. What are we saying? It's just a, a free form, flat, insane midfield that has no resemblance of structure at all, to be honest. It's just <laughs> really three across the middle and just do what they want. Sounds good to me. Pretty good. That, that means you don't actually have to like tactically think about anything. <laughs> oh, this team is not tactically built at all. I can tell you straight away. I love, I love the difference. I love the difference in a lot of people that come on here because some people have really thought about it and gone like, right, I need, I need this sort of player. Some people, like last week's, which you had, wouldn't have heard yet, Andy, have just gone. I'm just going to throw a load of players in and hope they work. <laughs> that's that's very much the approach I've gone for. But to be honest, <laughs> I don't even like some of the players I've put in this team. So uh, that makes sense. That's why you put them in your yeah, favourite. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, they're my favourite for different reasons. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we'll do as we usually do and start at the back. So, who's your goalkeeper, Andy? Okay. So this is um, a very, very famous French goalkeeper, French international goalkeeper won the World Cup in 98, and also professional racing driver 
uh, Fabian Bartes. Uh, absolutely world-class goalkeeper. When? Uh, never. Um, <laughs> he won the World Cup in 98 with France. And that was actually the best goalkeeper in 98. But when he joined United, I don't know what happened. But he's in there because he reminds me of the players that I hate at my own football club. So <laughs> everyone's got them. Whether you're a Liverpool fan, City fan, Chelsea fan, there's players that play for you and you're like, oh, I, I just can't be doing with you. Yeah, and okay, yeah. He is purely in there um, just for that. The only thing he, I remember of Fabian Bartes is that he used to pull his shorts up. Oh, for that? a uh, penalty. Yeah, he used to yeah. pull his shorts up, so he's pretty much wearing just like a pair of Y-fronts in front of the players. If anything, he should have been charged with indecent exposure, <laughs> old Fabian. Bit of a bit of a wrong and old Fabian. He was, he was a bit nuts. Uh, apparently, Ferguson, um, he told Ferguson he was a better outfield player than he was a goalkeeper. <laughs> so, I mean, that shows you up, but... Was that was that before or after he signed him? I don't know. He did play on the left. He played I, when I was doing a bit of research for this. He played on the the left wing actually in a pre-season friendly for Man United. Uh, his first touch was amazing. Apparently, he nutmegged someone, and then after that, it clearly didn't work really well because he got dropped and was replaced by Roy Carroll. But um, what on the wing or at the back? <laughs> that would be interesting. But yeah, at the back, <laughs> he's just nuts. Like uh, he pissed on the pitch anyway for cup game. Uh, but I hate him. The, the only reason why he's in my team is because uh, he was three. I think we were playing West Ham in an FA Cup game. And I think I must have been about seven or eight. And he puts his hand up when the Canio's thrown goal and just claims for offside. Oh, I remember the that. Ball's past him. It's just like, that's why he's there. It's he the most embarrassing looking thing. But in, in my head, I, like he just thought, well, I'm not going to save this. Let's just look like, oh, yeah, it's offside, isn't it? And they'd be like, oh, I didn't know. How long was if the Canio was through a goal? It's it's going in. How long was the Canio running at him? Like how far are we talking? Was he like? Well, I remember it being like the Canio through from the halfway line. But when, <laughs> I, when, I, when I watched it again, he wasn't actually as bad as I remember. But <laughs> he still sort of got his hand up, and the Canio's got the ball on the edge of the box, and it's up for a good sort of two three seconds, and then he sort of feigns a dive to his to his right as the Canio smashes it in the bottom left. <laughs> just like. Just an absolute idiot. So he's in there for more. Just yeah, he's just an awful man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, isn't it? It's funny. He was he was United's keeper for what at least three four seasons, but like no one ever speaks about him, <laughs> and no. there's a reason for that. He was not a good keeper. But if you look at his highlight reel, he was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I've also. My, if you look at my highlight reel, I'm unbelievable. That's the point <laughs> of a highlight reel, isn't it? Yeah, but I've also I've just seen here he shares the record for the most clean sheets in the World Cup finals with ten. Yeah, he won That's the, amazing. He was he won the award for the best goalkeeper in 1998. So clearly he was something. He, clearly he was good, but he just like a, a streak of just insanity. Like <laughs> the English climate know. obviously didn't suit him. Obviously. No, clearly not. I also I also love as well. I don't know if you've got his Wikipedia up there, Drew. Um, his nickname is in French, and I'm not going to murder that. So I was hoping you could say that. But in uh, English, it means the divine bald one. I'll have a look. <laughs> That's his nickname. <laughs> um, 
And it says, it says as well, due to his trademark shaved head. Now, I don't know about anyone else. I think he was just bald. I don't think he had the choice. Maybe that head, that head was shiny. Yeah, maybe I've subconsciously put him in there just for my own <laughs> sort of <laughs> comfort. But he, he wasn't very tall either. So he just, he just looks comical in front of the goal. I was going to mention that. And then I see him on Wikipedia and it says he's six foot one. That's my height. Yeah, but for a goalkeeper, you're talking yeah, yes. a lot taller than that. I always think that. When you, when you look at sort of Premier League footballers and you go, it doesn't look too tall. And then you Google them and they're like seven foot eight. And you're like, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. A lovely start with a player you hate. So let's see if <laughs> any of your defenders are players that you like. Uh, yeah, I think it, well, actually one of them's, question, another one's questionable. But I think it improves slowly after the back four. <laughs> right, which side are we going to start? Okay, we're going to start with my right back, which is Carlos Alberto of uh, Brazil, uh, Fluminense, Santos, and uh, ended up in New York Cosmos. Um, Old school. So, yeah, he's in there because he, he, he scored the, the best, probably the best World Cup final goal ever with just a team of just unbelievable players um captained that brazil time in uh, brazil team in the 1970 world cup uh, in mexico jarzinho rivellino tostal uh, pele in there as well it's just a beautiful goal um captain of the probably one of the best international sides of all time and i really struggle with the right back so i just i couldn't decide I, there's not many been that many right backs that i think of like wow not like a i don't want to give away my left back but <laughs> plenty of left backs where there's like okay unreal but right backs nah it is yeah. weird isn't it like I, I probably agree with that oh. so Carlos Alberto you said you picked him because you didn't know about many like right backs but you've gone for one of the best right backs of all time yeah and obviously we could talk about his playing career and his amazing managerial career and his amazing skills but as always this is the Nostalgia FC podcast so we're going to talk about something completely different he played for a team called the California Surf. What a great name! Yeah, we like our we like our names, especially the uh, the American ones. We which... also managed Miami Sharks, and oh, know that. he's managed two. This is strange. He's managed two uh, national sides. I will give either of you a fiver if you can tell me which two they are. Isn't well, I can guess because I've got the Wikipedia in front of me. Well, Andy, I'll give you a fiver. <laughs> Azerbaijan, wasn't it? Yeah, that's one. Yeah. But I, I don't know the other one. Oh, man, I don't think you'll get it. Oh, is that a clue? Yes, it was. Is Oh, man. Oh, man. oh that is awful. <laughs> but he managed like 17 clubs in 20 years, I've got down here. He wasn't very good, was he? No, no, well, not he, at all. He can't be, surely. <laughs> I, oh, well. All these classic players, right? Whenever you look at their Wikipedia, it always says, like, if they are like Hall of Fame worthy, it says <laughs> 2004 was named in by Pele in the FIFA 100 list of world's greatest living players. Now, was that list purely deduced by Pele, or <laughs> was it Pele was given a list to read out? I never know. Did he decide, or did someone give him a list? I never I, know Pele. Like, do you trust anything the guy says? Like, a bit of that. I mean questionable like goal scoring sort of tallies as well yeah that's true yeah he does yeah <laughs> make up a lot of stuff 
I just feel like that's going to keep going up. The more Ronaldo and Messi score, he's just going to be like, oh, yeah, actually, I've just found this uh, <laughs> this tally of goals I scored when I was about four. Just remembered that I uh, <laughs> actually scored 50 goals in my retirement home. So, <laughs> Yeah, in, the, in my back garden, I've got a goal and I've been banging them in, so uh, I'm counting them. <laughs> he's counting the walking football goals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So enough about Brazilian people making up stats. Let's go on to your centre-backs, or do you want to go to the left? Uh, we'll go with my centre-backs first. We'll go across the back. Across Good the choice. Back. I'll get my one more questionable sort of player out of the way first, and it's it's John Terry. Oh. I All think right. no one could deny he's a brilliant footballer. But he's uh, he's got some questionable sort of morals. <laughs> <laughs> You could say that, yeah. That's one way of putting it. I think googling him, it was just like there's more than just sort of the uh, the allegations of racism and the sort of cheating on the uh, well, what was it taking Wayne Bridge's wife? It's like parking. I, for- I forgot about that because <laughs> right. of everything else that's sort of come out. I forgot about the whole Wayne Bridge thing. Wayne Bridge then got with Frankie from the Saturdays, so he worked out all right for him. Yeah, it's. it's- He's playing the long game in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to show you. I'd like to think that he knew that um, John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. So he was just like, right. <laughs> you take my wife, I'll take your pop star. <laughs> Frankie's over there. Have you, John, John, have you met my wife? Yeah. <laughs> I, would, hey, I wouldn't introduce him to my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Just in case. Do it from afar. <laughs> Right, that's, my, that's my wife over there. She's not going to come over, but uh, just take a good look. Of that whole scandal, my favourite thing was like the aftermath when fans were going up to him with I'm sorry cards and asking him to address them to Wayne. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, a great player, a fantastic season for Chelsea and for England, and obviously one of the better centre backs Premier League era. Obviously, when United, the Champions League. Yeah, that's good lad. The main reason he's here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that slip is just the, the best moment of probably well I don't know I wasn't really old enough to remember 99 I vaguely remember it but 2008 when he slipped it was just pandemonium in it pandemonium just amazing well you're the second person to put John Terry in their team for that exact reason well I mean to be honest it just couldn't have happened to a nicer guy <laughs> That's that's the problem. That's the problem for John Terry about it. It's like if it happened to anyone else, it wouldn't be like memed or like talked about as much. It'd still be talked about, but because it's John Terry, it's just sweet as anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the full kit as well. Champions League when they won it, like rocking up with shin pads. Like, what are you doing, John? <laughs> <laughs> the shin pads, I, I, fair enough, shin pads yeah. is pretty bad. The kit, I don't mind so much, but the shin pads, I don't, it's so bad. He's wearing his boots, <laughs> got his shin pads on. He swapped his boots at half-time every game as well. Like, And and I still, I still can't get over him arranging his own exit from football or, uh, for <clears> Chelsea, <throat> where on the 26th oh. minute... Yeah, in the 26th minute, he he asked to be subbed off and he asked everyone to give him like a guard of honour. And I was like, he actually asked for all that. And I was just like, that's so big-headed. 
like, I don't think has that ever happened. No, I know you have like not. orchestrated their retirement, but like, dear me, that, that, that's like wasn't, it, wasn't even his retirement either. He's just, just leaving Chelsea. Yeah, he went to Villa. <laughs> what a weird man. Well, good old Tezza. Well, not a good old Tezza, actually. He's, he's, <laughs> as we described, maybe not the nicest person to have. Yeah, but no, really. Karma <laughs> comes at everyone, John Terry. Karma comes at everyone. All right, so that wasn't a threat, just to point out. <laughs> don't, don't come for me, Terry fans, or John Terry himself. He's going to turn up a full kit in my front door. Right, let's go on to the next centre-back. Okay, we're going um, probably the most... Well, probably probably the most recognisable footballer um, of well in English football history. It's probably more. So West Ham legend, um, uh, played for all sorts of all sorts of team after he left West Ham, Fulham, and then a whole host of American teams. So uh, San Antonio Thunder, and my favourite Carolina Lightning. Yeah, <laughs> they love names after weather. Insane American teams where just football didn't take off in the sort of. 70s and 80s in the United States. I think it just yeah. shows a lot about middle America and like the less popular states where they just name their teams after weather. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, we need to name this team. Uh, yeah, it's it's Latin outside. All right, yeah, choose that one then. Yeah, it's that. Also, I love the fact there's no G on lightning. Oh, it's actually yeah. just lightning. It's, it's, <laughs> it's lightning with a little like um, uh, apostrophe at the end. Oh, little known fact: It came out at the same time as Greece, and they did a they did a joint launch. <laughs> I can't tell whether you're being serious. No, I'm being serious. <laughs> I'm being serious about the G, though. The G is just not there. <laughs> That's um, so weird. Yeah, so he, he's just a just an incredible footballer, wasn't he? Um, there's a tackle, I think, on Jarzinho in like 1970, which is one of the clips that I was looking at just in, in preference, and it's just. It's just like a perfectly timed tackle. Apparently, like one of the first sort of, I don't know, modern modern day centre back where you, the ball gets played a lot more forward instead of just around that time of like dirty leads and just disgusting football, awful pitches. Just like a ball playing centre back, you'd actually knock the ball forward. So, just uh, obviously that famous photo as well of him lifting the World Cup. He's just a, an iconic player, and yeah, absolutely, really like centre backs or full backs so far. <laughs> My team. <laughs> <laughs> No, great choice. He's one of them iconic football players where, even as a Wales fan, I can respect Bobby Moore and say like he is one of those iconic players ever to play the game. And like you said, that picture with the World Cup. Like, I, don't, I think if you type in World Cup, that's probably what comes up first. Yeah, it's probably one of the most famous pictures in football, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, good choice for Bobby Moore. Just to point out as well, you've picked two two players that played before you were alive. Andy is the same age as myself and George. We went to school together, so <laughs> Andy's not older than you think he is. I just really like... It gets a bit better from here on out, I'm not going to lie, but uh, I, I couldn't pick centre-backs and right-backs. So I went with, I went with some iconic names instead. Yeah, it's lovely. Hey, they're great, great players. So on to another sort of prolific footballer with the ladies, um, Roberto Carlos. Hey! I know everyone has picked him so far, but he is just the the iconic sort of um, fallback. And we also had 11 children with seven women. So uh, that's quite impressive too. Um, well, there you go. We did ask. There's Let's... a new story. We needed yes. that. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to think of something uh, different because everyone's, literally everyone wants him as their left back in their team. Yeah. So 
but he's just again that iconic free kick, thirty-eight yards out. Fabian Barthez, the world's best goalkeeper, is in goal. <laughs> <laughs> he's just getting PTSD every time Carlos passes the ball back to him. He's like, "No, Carlos, no, not again." <laughs> Don't do it to me. <laughs> Flashbacks, yeah. Um, so how many kids does he have? Apparently 11 children with seven women. God, he's more prolific in the bedroom than he is on the pitch. Oh, he definitely <laughs> only asked that so he could set up that joke. <laughs> it's professional. It's professional. Yeah, there you go. It got, it'd been too far since you said it, so I was like, right, i got to ask it again. <laughs> <laughs> got to reel it back in to get that joke in there. Now, Maruto Carlos, obviously, not enough can be said about how good he is as a footballer. I think it says a lot that this is the fourth time he's been picked, I think. Fifth, maybe. But yeah, he obviously, like you said, as fullbacks go and as left-backs go, you don't get many more iconic or better than old Roberto Womanizer Carlos. Excellent footballer. Yeah. He, in 2005, he was robbed by two gunmen on a live radio interview. There's a new story for you. Was it? <laughs> America just sounds nuts. <laughs> How many stories of that happening? What they don't tell you is that two of those those gunmen were actually two of his kids. <laughs> he's actually uh, he's actually responsible for half the population of Rio. <laughs> he scored that goal against Tenerife apparently in the same year in '98, and he's like at the corner flag, running towards the goal, and just like thumps it straight across. And it bends like like the free kick, but it's on the half volley, and he's near the corner flag. It's this insane goal. It reminds me of um, Mykon in the World Cup in 2002. Yeah, that one. Oh, with the really, from a really tight angle again. Yeah. So he's, good. North Korea, Korea. Ten yeah. times better. Incredible. Yeah. Right. Okay. It starts getting better from here. A bit more, uh, a bit more modern footballers that we could actually talk about. So we're starting off with Roy Keane, just an insane footballer. And and probably I don't know might be an even better pundit. I love him on Sky. He's so funny. <laughs> him and Mika Richards is just a, a lovely combination. <laughs> just <laughs> a bromance you never knew you needed. He just seems to hate everything, uh, which is sort of a, a carry on from his football football yeah. career. But I think they knew that Graham Souness was uh, like heading towards retirement, so they needed a new aging footballer that hated everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. I love it on Sky Sports. Whenever whenever it's like half time or anything, they go so Roy Keane, and they just know something something like gold is going to happen. That was one of my favourite moments. He's like, I think De Gea had just let in an absolute terrible goal, and he's he's obviously first lockdown, so he's not had a haircut, so he looks a bit dishevelled. <laughs> he's raging. I would be swinging at him. I think he was saying. At yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't like just like uh, Roy, Roy, where are you going? Roy, Roy, and then he just like hear like a cartoon scuffle going on in the dressing room, and he just walks back out again. Like, all right, that's all about knuckles. (laughs) Yeah, but playing wise on Roy Keane, probably the meanest player I've seen play football. Yeah, like was it not? I'm fairly sure it's uh, Erling Haaland's dad whose career was ended by Roy Keane. That's a myth. I recent. I thought that too until I looked. But apparently, he did his. Uh, he did. He ruptured Hallen's other ligaments in his other knee. Oh, good. <laughs> so the knee that actually sort of uh, caused him to clear off on his career, retire, was just was his other knee. But it was. It was. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, in his biography, he explains it quite well. He basically the year before, I think, Roy Keane had been injured by Hallen, and Hallen had like screamed at him while he was on the floor. 
I think he'd ruptured his ankle or so. he'd done something to one of his ligaments. And the year after, he sort of, he just went for him. I think I've got a quote. He said, I'd waited long enough. I fucking hit him hard. The ball was there. Take that, you <laughs> I don't know if you can say that. <laughs> that's a quote. Sorry, mum. He's just a horrible man. He actually got an extra ban for that, for like intent of the tackle, rather than just a, a straight red card. He got an extra ban off the FA for a... But basically, violent conduct on the pitch. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. I've seen the challenge. That's assault. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but tackling aside, actually, a very, very good football player, which I don't think enough people talk about, in the sense that he actually can play the ball as well, rather than just nail people to the floor. He was. He was a staple in Alex Ferguson's United. Like he was so good, and when he went, it was it took a while to sort of find someone to fill that role. We struggled for a long time after that. There, there was just so many goals where he, he popped up in like really crucial sort of moments. He, him and Vieira is obviously like a, a really iconic sort of uh, duel there with, when Arsenal and United sort of in the early noughties were going for it. But there's a couple of goals as well in the 99 sort of season, 98-99 season when they won the uh, European Cup where he scored two goals against, I think he scored a goal against Juventus, which mm. just back into the game but there's just there's so many iconic moments in the guy's career he's just an incredible footballer but uh and obviously just a just a legend at man united even though he probably doesn't i don't think he particularly likes the club anymore (laughs) yeah it doesn't seem like it does it but it's it's his personality and that's sort of that's one of the greatest things about him i think is that he's just this no-nonsense sort of in 10 years he'll be on a different tv show saying how much he hates sky he's just (laughs) swinging at jay Humphreys in a few years (laughs) (laughs) My favourite fact about Roy Keane, and uh, it's nothing to do with football, but it's a great fact. Do you know Roy Keane's middle name? I don't. His middle name is Maurice. Maurice. <laughs> Roy Maurice Keane. It doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue very well, nope. does it? And if you, if you know him, or know of him like we do... He's not a Maurice. Ever, he's yeah. not a Maurice. <laughs> that suddenly takes away from his sort of persona of this <laughs> <football>. image. <laughs> also Roy and Maurice are so different <laughs> Roy is like someone you'd find down at the pub drinking like 10 pints <laughs> Maurice is well, maybe is that's sick. how they came by that name they were down at the pub drinking 10 pints they were like yeah Maurice sounds good <laughs> <laughs> my god anyway oh dear but um yeah just an absolute lunatic on the pitch in terms of talent and temperament. Just an all-round nice guy. <laughs> Good old Maurice. Right, yeah, we'll we'll move on. Hopefully a less scary individual in midfield. Who have you got next? Probably, I think I think this is one of the most... He's not underrated, but I think he, he a, ta- a wasted talent and someone who probably should have been considered, if not the best English footballer who's ever played. I think it's probably Paul Gascoigne I've got in there. So yeah, Newcastle United ended up in sort of a host of different clubs at Tottenham, Lazio, ended up at Rangers. Just an incredible footballer and a, a whole host of stories as well on the side. But yeah, his on the pitch incidents are remembered almost as well as his sort of things like the dentist chair and the goal against Scotland. It's just an incredible, incredible footballer. Yeah, it's one of those players where if he didn't have his personal issues. He'd just be seen in a whole different light. Like, and his career as well, if he'd been able... He's sort of like George Best in a way, in that if he loved the game as much as he loved what came with it, 
Yeah. He would be regarded in much like he would be much better player if that makes sense. And obviously he was already incredible. <laughs> the story about Paul Gascoigne. I don't can't remember who I think it was against Paul Merson, maybe. But he was saying that he was once playing against Paul Gascoigne, and Paul Gascoigne kept saying that he'd slept with his wife. And Paul Merson was like, I'm not married. <laughs> and he's like, Look, she's, standing, she's looking at me. And he's like, I'm not married. And he just kept going at it, just kept going. It's like, Paul, I'm not married. But yeah, he's just so, a bad guy. As well, this is really interesting because you picked Roy Keane and Paul Gascoigne. Literally yesterday, I saw a story that Paul Gascoigne had said about Roy Keane. I've just gone to try and find it now and I found it. And apparently when they were on the pitch, and this is when uh, Roy Keane was at Forest, Nottingham Forest. Apparently, uh, Gazza said to him, I remember Roy Keane once. I used to talk to him all the time. I used to tell him I was sleeping with his wife and he'd say I'm not even married. So I'm assuming yeah, it might have got like... Uh, so I said Paul Merson, but it was Roy Keane. It was Roy Keane then, yeah, that's fine, bad. Yeah, it's easy to mix up. Yeah, very similar players. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say she was in the stands looking at me. He'd look up and I'd just run away with the ball. I doubt he would have looked up, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, his sort of style of play, so many players get compared to it now. Like Everyone's like, oh, Phil Foden. He's like Paul Gascoigne. Or like, when um, Jack Wilshere was coming through, they were like, oh, he's got a bit of Paul Gascoigne about him. You know what I mean? Like... It's sort of a benchmark for creative English players. Yeah. It's a bit unfair for them, really. Yeah, I think it's, it's a difficult one to, to compare with Paul Gascoigne because his career was like very, very bright in patches and then very, very sort of low. Like if you look at sort of him crying, I think, was it the, at the Ita- it's Italian 90 when he sort of, he gets booked and uh, it means he's going to miss the final if they win. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's, you know, you can hear sort of Gar- you. You can watch Gary Lineker sort of saying to Bobby Robson on the on the touchline, like, "Look at look at look after him, basically." Um, but there's just so many moments like that. he scored a free kick against Arsenal in the FA Cup final, um, and then he got injured immediately after, which is probably one of his major injuries um, on his knee, and that's to sort of go to the hospital and missed out on I think Spurs lifting the FA Cup. That like, just an incredible footballer, and obviously he's remembered for a lot of funny off the field antics while he was playing not so much after he was playing it got a bit more uh, serious for him with his alcoholism but... yeah there was that great story of uh, well it's not great in terms of who it was he was going to see but as a I know what you're going to say now a, a gunman <laughs> Raul Moat and then he's stood uh, I think it's by the side of a canal and then out of nowhere they just go hang on Gaz has just showed up like you what? Yeah, he's got some sandwiches to give to him. He offered he offered to have a drink with him or something, didn't he? And it was just he like, a picnic. What? He bought a picnic to try and calm down a gunman. What are you doing, Paul? He bought yeah. He shot like this guy like shot a police officer in the face. Like a terrible. He had a shotgun, had a shotgun to his head yeah. as well. He was lying on next to the canal with a shotgun to his face or something like that. And he brought like some sandwiches and a six pack of Carlin. <laughs> what are you doing? What I enjoy is maybe he didn't even know and he's just rocked up. That's his usual Wednesday afternoon. He's like, oh, yeah, these oh, are someone's him. taken over my park. <laughs> but he brought an ostrich to training, didn't he, as well, once? Jesus Christ. So he went to the, the local zoo, asked him if they could borrow an ostrich and put a Tottenham shirt on it and let it round on the, the training what, ground. What zoo is letting Paul Gascoigne take an ostrich home? <laughs> the 80s, George, you could do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I bet he didn't ask them. He just went to the zoo and took an yeah, ostrich and robbed it. <laughs> oh, man. Is it back later? Oh, no. <laughs> well, that midfield partnership so far, both excellent players, but... One of them would be like, pass me the ball or I'll have sex with your wife again. It's like, I don't, I'm not married, Paul. Leave it alone. 
Is he still not married? I don't know. Yeah, Maurice Jr. is rocking on somewhere, so he must be married. <laughs> Two lovely midfielders there. Funny stories aside, excellent players. Really are yeah. fantastic players. So, next central midfielder. We've gone for... I th- I, he's probably the most like chilled-out player I've ever seen. It's probably is Zidane. He's just a Rolls-Royce of a footballer. Real Madrid legend, played for Juventus, Bordeaux. Just there's just so many moments in his career. Sort of the the word the Champions League final goal, um, yeah. Just the left footed volley, just it's dropping out the sky. One of the best, probably until Gareth Bale. Sorry, Drew. So um, best best Champions League final goal ever. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that goal against Leverkusen, like you said, I've never seen anyone hit the ball like that. Because even his positioning, it doesn't look like he can get over the ball. I just yeah. Because like, like you said, he doesn't look very mobile when you look at him, and then. To get his leg up that high and hit it so perfectly, just unbelievable technique. But it's not like, you know, like a volley, you, you sort of get a bit of, I don't know, you don't see many volleys that are sort of outside, sort of curved outside to win almost. You have to, like, and that one was, but it's just an, un, it's like a, a, a goal that defies physics. It's just a ridiculous strike. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. the keeper didn't stand a chance. But there's so many moments like that in his career. There's, there's one where I think the goalkeeper pings out a pass to him and he's on the halfway line. And he just immediately takes it down with a Cruyff turn and takes out the player. And the guy's just on the floor wondering what on earth has just happened. <laughs> Questioning and, his and life choices. He wasn't even trying. That, that was basically all of it. Like, just never, ever try it. Looked like he was up to much. Like, yeah. a, like a Berbatov type. For sort of, just so nonchalant. Just like, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm going to win anyway. So just give me the ball. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. like chipping Buffon in the World Cup final from the penalty spot. What, yeah, why not? Like, <laughs> just loves it. That's what I mean. That's so, that's so like a vibe. Just like, yeah, I know you're one of the world's best goalkeepers. I know this is the World Cup final, but watch this. Just take your hit off the crossbar. Like you said, like his touch and his close control is something that I don't think gets talked about enough because obviously the Cruyff turn or the Zizou turn, we'll call it the Zizou turn. Yeah, it's an easy turn. It's a bit different, but yeah, just the roulettes he used to do just in the middle of the park against like amazing teams in Champions League or playing for France, just like someone's coming straight at him, just whoop. You wouldn't even see where he'd go. Like, I, to have the confidence to do that in like the areas of the pits that he did it, it's just an unbelievable player. Obviously, in the same game that he's chipped Buffon, though, we can't remember that. I, you, you know, I, I think it's the same with a lot of good, unbelievable players. There's a streak about them, which is mean. It's nasty. Yeah. And obviously, the headbutts come. Everyone knows so, where this conversation's going. And it is so, probably... Famous foul in world football, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm laughing because in my head, on on the pitch in your team, you got Zidane headbutting someone on one side of the pitch, Roy Keane absolutely ruining someone's career on the other side of the pitch, and Paul Gascoigne shouting at Roy Keane while he's ruining someone's <laughs> life on the other side of the pitch that he slept with his wife. It, it, as a, it's not a functional team. And then, <laughs> and then when you get past that, you've got John Terry just slipping over on the floor. <laughs> A Bartez with his hand up, waiting. <laughs> and his shorts hiked up to his, <laughs> to his hips. They're not in there for the right reasons, these players. <laughs> Roberto Carlos is trying to like make sure all his kids are staying on the sideline and not running on the pitch. I think so far, Bobby Moore and Carlos Alberto are the only sensible ones in this entire team. Yeah. Yeah. He had that film made of him, Zidane, as well, didn't he? Where he, the, the camera just followed him for, for 90 minutes. And then that was the end of his career. Once he came off, I think that was it. I think he retired after that game. So but just uh, just an incredible footballer, wasn't he? Just Yeah, unbelievable. The 
when I think of Galacticos, he is the one for me. I yeah, mean, you can, like you can say, like Raul, yeah. Beckham, Figo, Ronaldo, but for me, Zidane is the I'd original say so, Galactico. Yeah. I mean, talent-wise, the team looks very, very good. For reasoning-wise, not so much, but the talent-wise, <laughs> excellent stuff. Re- reasoning-wise, I'm about to ruin it with my next uh, next choice as well. I think so. Uh, All right, well, let's then. get straight to it then. This guy's in here just for one moment in his career, really. Successful footballer on his own, but he's in there not because of anything he did talent-wise, but what was done to him. Because it's just one of the funniest moments in football. And it's uh, Claudio Canizia. Played for Argentina 50 times, won Copa del America, played for loads of teams. A brilliant footballer in his own right, but he's in there because he was assaulted by Benjamin Masson, who played for Cameroon in the World Cup. And I don't know if anyone's seen this tackle, but it's... He's basically Bambi on ice for 70 yards. Three Cameroon players trying to take him out, and it's just the funniest tackle I've ever seen. So he's in there more for just the look. Yeah, he's, he's a beautiful-looking man, and he, and he can run with the ball and get fouled. Lovely. Get <laughs> nice free kicks for Zidane to take. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's famous for one moment, and it's just he's in my team because he just he just makes me laugh. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I realise everyone listening to this podcast is, is is suddenly trying to find this video of him getting fouled. Take a short break while me and George watch this video. Maybe take the time <laughs> to do so yourself. My favourite moment about that is that the guy who's got tackled him, he's called Benjamin Massin, is shocked that he's just been given a straight <laughs> <Yeah. shot. laughs> Well, he, not only does he absolutely ruin Kinesia, he then tries to kick out of the next player that comes to push it. I just love the fact that he he's not going anywhere because he's already. It looks like he's already on his way down. He's not going to keep his balance. He doesn't care. He's just like, nah, I'm going to go in for this challenge and absolutely ruin him. <laughs> Hell of a run yeah. before that. He was a great footballer in his own right, though. I've not just picked him because he's a. I picked him initially because he's because of that tackle. But I have since gone on to find he was actually a very very good footballer. <laughs> <laughs> Was banned for a year, though, uh, for taking cocaine, but he was best mates with Maradona, so that's no surprise. Oh, there you go. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. No wonder he was so quick. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely off his rocker. If anything, we can say that Benjamin Mensing is a uh, vigilante trying to break down the drug trade. (laughs) Take that, Claudio. No drugs on my field. He'd look good in the team photo because he's a beautiful man with beautiful blonde locks. You know, we've got a lot of ugly people in this team. Gascon, <laughs> uh, Fabian Bartes. So, uh, if anything, I mean, especially when you consider the next player as well, it, it, there's a lot of ugly in this team. So, I, I think he'll sell the merchandise. We can put his face on the merchandise. I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my left winger for last. Okay. I'm going to go with my striker next. Now, he sort of remembered for different reasons because um, someone else has gone on with the same name. But this is the original Ronaldo. Yeah, uh, Ronaldo. Fat Ronaldo. Fat Ronaldo, as he's now affectionately called by football fans around the world. The horrible, the horrible thing is, as well, he was never fat, was he? Just... I mean, if you look at him when he plays, he's put for on Inter, weight now. No, when he's he plays, put... for, when he played for Inter and when he played for Barca, then when he's at Madrid, he is a little bit porkier than he was before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like when you look at, I think '98 World Cup. Like when he's there, he's like quite a thin, sort of young, sort of just strong. Strong footballer, but he, he looks very agile. When he, as he's gone on his career, he's definitely a bit stockier, a bit stronger. But he's just an unreal player. I think probably the best num- like out and out number nine that maybe has ever played. But 
I know that's a that's a, that's a strong claim, but I think two Ballon d'Ors. He basically missed three seasons because of injury. Apparently, could run the hundred meters in ten point three seconds, which is why he's sort of just just crazy on the ball. But, you know, World Cup winner, Golden Boot. You know, part of that uh, sort of Galacticos Real Madrid team. Just that's famous. Sort of again in the early noughties. Just, I I thought when you when you're watching him play, just just an incredible talent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I'll have one of the most questionable haircuts during a World Cup, though. <laughs> like. Yeah. What is going through your head when you decide that I'm going to put that on the front of my head? <laughs> Maybe you've been hanging out with uh, Claudio Canizia before the game, before the haircut. <laughs> Why we need Claudio in our team? <laughs> Makes it for the haircuts. <laughs> Here's a stat for you, stat fans. Ronaldo Nazario, as is his uh, full title, he rounded the goalkeeper to score a goal 88 times in his career. Jeez. So played through ball, step over, round the keeper, 88 times in his career. That is incredible. <laughs> I don't know if that says a lot about the defending and the goalkeeping back in the early noughties, late 90s. But, I mean, to do that, it's incredible. And like, like you said, the amount of injuries he had, he shouldn't have been that quick still. And he still was. So I don't know how they managed to fuse back his hamstrings, but unbelievable. But it was, it was two knee injuries. So he, I think he got in, injured at Inter Milan. And then was out for five months with like a t- torn sort of uh, ACL or something like that. Yeah. And he came back and his knee exploded on his first game back. And apparently his kneecap went into his thigh. Oh, my God. So either late 90s or early 2000s when that happened. So he, And he went on to have the career that they had after those injuries. Yeah. Imagine if he hadn't have got injured, what, what he could have done. But it, what, what yeah. he still did with, you know, golden boot, Real Madrid. Yeah. Just incredible. I was going to say, Andy, you, you'll probably remember this more than Drew does, but Drew might as well. When Real Madrid uh, and United got drawn against each other in the Champions League and that Ronaldo came to Old Trafford, and I can't remember the score, but in my head it was something like either on aggregate or just in that game, it was like 5-3 or something. But he put on an absolute masterclass at Old Trafford, got subbed off, and the whole of the United fans were on their feet applauding him. And you got to be some sort of player to knock a team out of the Champions League and still have them applaud you off the pitch. Like you've got to be some sort of player. Yeah, yeah. I didn't remember that because they were wearing a black kit. Yeah, Ronaldo yeah. said that was his best game ever. I, yeah. I don't, I agree. <laughs> yeah, he scored. I think the first one is past Bartes is near post. The second one's a tapping, and the third one is just a screamer into the top corner. Bartes is going to be traumatized by the players we've got in his team. Well, he got dropped after this game, actually. It was one of his last Man United games. <laughs> got replaced. Just it in a bit more. He got replaced, to be fair, by a very secure Roy Carroll. Ooh. <laughs> Roy Carroll, who conceded the phantom goal from Tottenham. But with Ronaldo as well, it was the 1998 World Cup final. He collapsed the night before the game in his hotel room. He was unconscious, having convulsions, apparently. So they took him to the hospital. So obviously, this is Ronaldo. It's like... Where is he? He's not on the team sheet. And it, it's because he was having all these tests and he just basically, they pushed him onto the pitch. You can imagine that nowadays. Like they'd never, ever allow him to play. Yeah, you wouldn't get past <laughs> protocol, would you? You'd... Yeah, but even in the sort of late 90s, he was just like, yeah, go on. They lost that game, I think, 3-0, but... <laughs> Good job, Ronaldo. Yeah, it's Ronaldo's fault. The uh, There's nothing more iconic as a footballing image of that yellow Brazil kit with... 
Ronaldo wearing the blue, like the really nice blue Mercurials, which he then got gold versions of. Oh, so nice. I thought you were going to say the gold versions because they're the ones I remember more. Yeah. Well, he started off with the blue power. I always remember that because yeah. I had it on the cover of one of my books in school. <laughs> and then... Do you remember that in school the where they were, they'd give you your book and be like, go on, cover it with something. And you're like, yeah, oh, I always had like... Okay. I had like posters from Match magazine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. like, especially from, from people who are our age, when you're at school, like there was that Real Madrid team, that, you know, Ronaldo, the other Ronaldo hadn't come through yet. Just an, an iconic footballer. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Mad. I can't believe it's the first time he's been chosen, to be honest with you. That's a. Uh... He, need, he needed to get in this at some point. Yeah. He's absolutely. So good. Unbelievable player. Genuinely is like, people laugh now and say, oh, he's the fat Ronaldo, but. He is the Ronaldo for me. Like Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously unbelievable, but like striker wise, like you said, one of the best of all time. Definitely. I think, like Andy said as well, with us uh, being the era of growing up, we were young watching him. It was like you're just watching him in awe. Like every kid wanted to be that good at football. Yeah. 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 You just, you don't know footballers as much as you did when you were a kid, when you get older. And he, he still has that sort of image in my mind of just like this unreal sort of yeah. godlike. <laughs> I think as well, one one of the reasons you don't love footballers as much as when you were a kid is because you look at them and go like, he's younger than me and he's going <laughs> to earn more money than I have, will ever do in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like looking at my, it's like looking at Marcus Rashford now and I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially when you think they're terrible. That's, that's even worse. Like, yeah, that's worse, yeah. It's like, Jesse Lingard is so bad and it's like, he's clearly not. <laughs> he's not, yeah. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, from Ronaldo, where are we going on to the left wing? So I think we're going to probably the one of the best players ever, uh, still playing at the age of 36. It's, it's his Cristiano Ronaldo. It's always going to be him. Um, probably my favourite Man United player ever. Um, just the goals he scored, the way he was on the pitch for, for United. And even when he scored against us, you couldn't really complain. You know, his, his knees are around sort of Ren- uh, Patrice Everett's head when he scores that yeah. head at Real Madrid. That, that, <laughs> that photo, that photo where he's just like literally head and shoulders above everyone else. <laughs> and, and, and what's scary about that is that I think he did another one last year when he's 35 and he's even higher. And it's just like the guy has just met, sculpted himself into a football machine. Like, yeah. He's not slowing down, is he? I think physically, pace-wise, he actually is slowing down a little bit. But football and ability-wise, he's still there, which is just yeah. insane. He's just turned himself into a left winger, into an out-and-out striker, just yeah. poacher. Um, but what he what he's done in his career is, I don't know. I don't know. Has he got the probably the, the most successful club career ever in terms of trophies? I'm not too sure. I must, think Messi like, has more because like, they were so dominant for a while before Ronaldo got to Spain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's supposedly like there's a lot of controversy around it supposedly the most prolific goal scorer ever now but obviously there's so many people that have come out and claimed that no he's not this player is or this player is so it's like I'm gonna say he is just because <laughs> you feel like he deserves that title but yeah it's controversial I guess I don't know. he's won five Champions Leagues you know and re- so that's just crazy and when you talk about I don't, I don't going off off football for a second we talk about american football i know like is it tom brady's won seven super bowls which is more yeah. than any franchise yeah 
how many clubs have won? There's hardly any clubs that have won five Champions Leagues, no. let alone individuals who have, who have managed to do that. Yeah. Well, is it is it Real Madrid are the most successful Champions League? Yeah. And they've how many have they won? Eleven. 11. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that he's almost half of that, yeah, is ridiculous. That is insane, isn't it? And the thing is as well, like you say that cause sometimes players win trophies without affecting the outcome very much. But he won those five trophies. Like he had yeah. a hand in every single one of them. It wasn't like he was like on the bench for one or uh, apart player. from apart from one where John Terry won it for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry. actually, well, he scored the header in that game. The yeah. first goal, didn't he? United's first goal was his another header. Just that, um, but. Yeah, his his uh, he has got, he does get a stick though, doesn't he, for his antics? Like he scores the penalty, takes off his shirt, <laughs> does his little celebration, yeah, which is ridiculous this is, celebration. This is so funny as well. That celebration has injured so many players. You know, <laughs> people who have tried to like copy that set. So there's there's one in NFL. I know we just mentioned NFL. There's like a big you know, one of the big guys in NFL, he tries to do it and absolutely shatters his knee. I swear there's another one uh, in football now uh, who tries to do it and like his leg just buckles underneath him. It's like people are getting injured from this celebration. <laughs> uh, so that's just Ronaldo proving how much of a physical specimen he is. Only I can do this celebration <laughs> without getting injured. Uh, no, a great player and obviously up there with the conversation with the best players of all time. Won't get into that because then it just comes up with who else might be the best player, but obviously Ronaldo. I don't think you is can compare there. if we're gonna to touch on it. Like, I don't think you compare. I think they're too different and just so good in their own right. Like yeah. why would you? Like exactly. they're, they're just so good. We're just lucky Drew, to have them. Drew said it, Drew said it in a different podcast. Just be thankful for the fact that we are just watching both of their careers and we are in that state where we've watched their whole careers. Yeah, because one day we'll turn around and they'll be gone, and then it'll be no one near the level they, they reached and we'll all be like, oh, it's not as good anymore. Yeah. yeah. Neymar's not turned into what people thought he was going to be with Ronaldo. We're looking at Mbappe. I don't think he's going to get on the level of Messi uh, Ronaldo. Haaland, you know, it's not... We've got to you, enjoy what we've got. You feel like you, you're, going to have, you're going to have incredible players, like world-class players, but I don't think you're going to get that standard for a long time again. No. no. Until... Uh, Aguero's son. <laughs> Never mind them. Ronaldo Junior and Messi Junior come up, and then it starts all over again. Oh, wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be amazing? Or what they're like battling for the Ronaldo? shittest player ever. Yeah. What are they going to call this Ronaldo when another Ronaldo comes along? We've got Fat Ronaldo. We're going to need a nickname for uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Flat Ronaldo. Flat Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick thinking. Well done. <laughs> All right, so from the, the washboard abs of Cristiano Ronaldo, let's go on to your super sub. So uh, this this guy is not in here because of his footballing ability at all, but he's in there because we all want to do this. We all want to come on and, and make an absolute fool of ourselves for, for our club and professional level at the top level of football. And this is Ali Deer, um, who um, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Ali Deer before, but he was the player who managed to convince Graham Souness that he was George Weyer's cousin and managed to get a game for Southampton when he was actually playing non-league football for Blythe Spartans. So it's like, uh, yeah, just uh, he's, he's purely in there because he's just, he living at, why wouldn't you? Do you, you know, yeah. You go and have a game for Southampton, why not? He played against Leeds, had one shot on goal. 
and was subbed immediately back off again because they very quickly realised that he was terrible. What I never understand is, why did they not put him through like a training session or something first? first like, how did they just go, yeah, straight in? Well, Matt Letizia apparently has, has spoken about this and he, they, he, he thought he was like some sort of Make-A-Wish Foundation type <laughs> situation or something like that. Well, like they'd let the guy in, you know, we're feeling very sorry for for this guy you know he's 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 won a competition or basically he's there for sympathy um you know it's very <laughs> he's not he's not very good but graham Sooners just hadn't looked at him so when he came on <laughs> he didn't know anything about him so he was immediately oh back off again but they, they thought it was a joke when he was coming on they thought oh he's on the bench he's on the team sheet you know what he's, he's won a competition it's going to be fine no, it wasn't. It wasn't a competition winner. He was just a con man. Uh, I just love the idea of someone <laughs> sat in the same room as Ali Deer going, right, can you do a good George Weyer impression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you got Sunus' number? Yes, I'll give him a bell, see if he can get a contract. <laughs> like, mad. Imagine that happening now. It reminds me of um, a few years ago on deadline day, someone rang in a tip that a player had signed a Turk a club in Scotland had signed a Turkish player called Yidar Selzavon. <laughs> and Sky Sports News ran it as a as a segment. It's like Aberdeen FC signed. And then it was like they jumbled it up. So it was like Yidar was the first name and like Selzavon. So they, they pronounced it like Yidar Selzavon. <laughs> oh my God. And you spell it out as Yidar Selzavon. And they actually reported it. So obviously it's easier than we think to get into a the upper leagues of football. But yeah, it's just a complete con artist. You know, he blagged his way in. And it's just, but I think there's a few times that's happened. It wasn't a Grant Holt or something was going to sign for someone and they rang him pretending to be Ian Holloway or some sort of manager. And he, and he was talking to what he thought was Ian Holloway when it was just some guy putting on an accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that is my favourite reason any of the players you've put in so far. Just living everyone's dream. Yeah, it literally is. A, if you can get yourself on a Premier League team on on the pitch against Leeds, do it because you'll. It reminds never me of that. Um, what's the one that Harry Redknapp just put a fan on the pitch, and he actually played better than the striker they had on the pitch. Wasn't that? Yeah, pre. Wasn't it like a pre-season friendly? Yeah, it was. That, it wasn't like a, a big game or anything like that. But <laughs> mad. I can't. I can't remember who who he took off. It was. It was someone like well known. He, he took off put this fan on, and then the fan play better. Absolutely mad, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus. Right, well, that's a hell of a team right there, Andy. Like you said, a mixture of reasons, but for the most part, very talented players, and one who's not even a player. Uh, so we'll take a short break, and we'll come back for your manager, stadium, and your kits. A lovely team. And every lovely team needs a lovely manager. So who is your manager going to be? I don't know if he was lovely, but uh, it's Jack Charlton. <laughs> Not uh, his club sort of managerial career, but he, he, he did to Ireland what a lot of small countries like like Wales, what Gary Speed did with, with Wales, just take them to levels that they could never dream of. So sort of the World Cup, the Euros, just getting them to the quarterfinal. Um, I think in Italia 90, they got to the quarterfinal. Yeah. Um, and the last eight in the Euros as well, which for, for a country like Ireland at the time, it was their first ever qualifications for those tournaments. So to get them that far is just an incredible achievement and just an incredible player in his own right as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's um one of those like, playing career wise. Back in the back in the day, it wasn't that normal to have a one club man because obviously there wasn't that much money in the game back when he was playing. But he actually only played for Leeds United and played six hundred twenty nine games. Yeah, that's incredible amount of games. Especially when you consider sort of the standard of not the standard of football, the tackles that were going in back then as well. So that you know that's the dirty Leeds generation with like Johnny Giles and Billy Bremner. Just yeah. Liverpool fans well, apparently called him a big dirty giraffe. So. <laughs> if you watch if you watch Jack Charlton's highlight reel, it is just big tackles, a lot of them, isn't it? Yeah. But um, on to obviously managerial like side of the, of the game. Unbelievable, like I said, to do that with Ireland with a team that hadn't done so for so long. It's just one of those things where you're right, all it needs is the right man to come right along at the right time. And then small countries like Ireland, like Wales, Scotland can do big things. And I think that's incredible. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think like, like I can only put it down to like personal experience. Obviously, we, when Wales played Belgium, I mean, that, that game gets mentioned every podcast, but it's got to get in there again. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> You know, the, the country stops. You remember where you were when Robson Carnu turned. And I imagine that's exactly the same with the Irish, with, you know, in terms of getting that far in a tournament. It just, just for small countries, it means a lot. It means a lot for the whole country. So, yeah, 100%. Do, do that for Ireland, especially being English, especially during that time as well, when there was the troubles and yeah. a lot of sort of political. For an Englishman to go over there and, and be welcomed in that way and do as well as he did, I think is a... He's a really impressive... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Testament to the man. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, a lovely choice. Great manager. Not more can be said, really, about how, like you said, just like the balls of that man to go over and do that in that time frame and then actually do it well. I suppose he had to do well, otherwise uh, he might have more trouble with himself. So, yeah. good job, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Played it smart. All right, Andy, let's go on to the stadium. Okay, the stadium. I picked the stadium because I... I I don't like where this club has gone since. And I think it's a real shame to take move teams away from where they were originally based. Like I think Spurs have done it well. They managed to keep a sort of same air of the way they are. And it's Upton Park. I think it's such a shame to demolish that stadium and move them to a stadium which is absolutely awful. Like yeah. horrendous. I even I even think it doesn't look good on on TV because the fans are so far away. It just looks oh, I hate it. I hate it. Even on TV, you don't feel as involved in the game as you no. would when... It's too wide of an angle, isn't it, pretty much? like yeah. It feels like you've played on FIFA and you've just zoomed out to the max. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it looks like... I know it was the Olympic Stadium, but it still just looks like an Olympic Stadium. Like, it doesn't yeah. look like a football stadium at all. Well, apparently it's a fantastic athletics track, which is what he should remain as. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like it's not a football stadium. It's they they pump in sound as well, don't they? They're they're not getting enough atmosphere, so they are pumping in sound to it. I think I think most teams in the Premier League do that now. To be honest with you, I don't think that's. Uh, yeah. I also think uh, with how West Ham are playing at the moment, if you were back at Upton Park, or is it is the real name Bowling the Bowling Ground or something? I, I'm not too sure. I uh, think I think Upton Park was like a nickname, and like the Bowling Ground was the actual name. I. I I might be wrong on that, so I might have to Google that in a second. But imagine if they were, the way they're playing at the moment and the way they're performing at the moment, imagine that at Upton Park. There's just it, so many be, moments where like, you know, whether at Anfield you still get it, the fans are so close to the, the action. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. remember like when United played at Upton Park, 
it was just such a good game to watch half the time, just because you could see the act. It's much more, it's much more personal when you can see the faces of the fans and see what's being said, seeing how they're reacting for a fan watching on on for someone who's never been to Upton Park. Yeah, it's in there as well because I didn't. I hate stadiums getting demolished, and the San Siro is going soon, so I nearly picked the San yeah. Siro. Just iconic stadiums. I think just re- refurb them, please. <laughs> don't don't yeah. demolish them. Well, that's that's what Liverpool are doing and I guess United as well where they're just keeping the stadium and just refurbishing it so so it's still the same the same structure and the same everything they're just making it stronger and making it better and it's that's that's the way it's got to be done really it's the same with um uh Highbury with Arsenal moving to the Emirates Highbury was I think it was so good because they, everyone you could see everyone was so passionate and again the fans were so close to the pitch and it was all well yeah when you when you look at these clubs who have moved, that it, it hasn't worked well for them. I mean, West Ham are recovering now, but yeah. how long has it taken them to recover from that move? Arsenal have never recovered really from their no. move from Highbury, no, to to the Emirates. And you know, it's all it's all done in sort of generally in financial terms for the owners of the club, not the fans or what they want. Or yeah. just get more people yeah. in the seats. It's great, but it's got to be done the right way, I think. And yeah. Liverpool have done it really well in keeping Anfield. Anfield and not I think yeah I think you're right as well with Tottenham in the fact that I don't know what they've done differently but Tottenham seem to have done it right like the their new stadium seems to be seems to still have the same atmosphere and it's still and it's probably again because the fans aren't far away from the pitch it's a and it is, built football stadium isn't it not yeah. a not a refurbed arena stadium, stadium yeah, yeah. <laughs> closer to the <laughs> tried to push the seats closer to the to the to the pitch. I think there's something about the pitch as well. The pitch is exactly, no, I think there's an overlap of where the pitch, the old pitch was on the new pitch in terms of actual location. So there's just, there's just a bit of history there that all sort of builds into what your club is and yeah. the whole aura of your club is, you know, Anfield is Anfield, Liverpool are at Anfield. Whereas if they were to move, and I think Everton are going to struggle when they eventually move. Yeah. That is, Good. They, they've lost some of their history when Goodison Park eventually gets demolished and turned into a block yeah. of flats. I was talking to someone about this the other day as well. I, I'm getting so frustrated. And I think we spoke to Joe Richards about it on his, uh, when he picked Bet365 Stadium, is the fact that stadiums are now being named after the sponsorship. And you understand it from the sponsorship point of view and the club's point of view, uh, money-wise. But it's so frustrating because there's such amazing, like iconic names that are just being left in the past just to call it, the bet 365 stadium. I remember a few years ago, United were in sort of not a battle, but there were rumors that it was going to be changed to Pepsi fields. And that would have been horrendous. Old Trafford is like such an iconic name. I'm convinced as well that when you do that, you you sort of lose a bit of emphasis on what you're trying to, what you wanted to stand Mm. for. Like, like the, like the League Cup. It's a joke now. I don't know. I shouldn't, shouldn't really say that. But sort oh, of the, car- the Carabao. Carabao. <laughs> I don't even know what Carabao is. What is Carabao? Is it, I've is it never seen drink? it. Yeah, I've never seen it in, the, in a, a shop or anything. It's a Chinese energy drink, isn't it? Yeah, and, and especially when they have the draws and stuff abroad. I, I just don't think that works well with a British audience who are watching. <laughs> they can't write that last year by doing it in Sainsbury's, didn't they? Sure they did. <laughs> no. I'm sure oh. they did. I'm sure they did a draw in Sainsbury's. You mate. <laughs> I hate. I hate. I, th- I don't know if it's the the League Cup or the FA Cup. They do it when there's sometimes they're doing the draw and they've got a fan from each team, 
And every time they draw it, they have the fan meet in the middle and shake hands. And it's almost like a boxing, uh, you know, when boxers square up to each other before a fight. It's almost like that. It's the most awkward thing because they're always the weirdest <laughs> looking fans. Like there'll be this really short guy who's just come up against this really tall woman. And they're just I'm like... Picking, I'm picturing the Wheelstone Raider coming up against... <laughs> I against bootlegger from Wrexham TV or something. <laughs> um, I, I was wrong, by the way. It wasn't Sainsbury's. It was Morrison's. They did the draw. Oh, that makes it a little bit better then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right. So stadiums. That's done. Let's go on to kit. What's your kit going to be? Uh, I'm not a big fan of football kits. I don't own many football kits. I don't really like them. Um, that's terrible. I'm sorry. I re- I'm, but. I've gone for the 1990 Soviet Union kit. <laughs> of course. The natural place to go for someone who doesn't I like kits. Before you judge, I think it's a really nice kit. Like one of those sort of late 90s iconic sort of kits that you wouldn't, you might expect to have an uh, Adidas badge on it or something like that. I love the fact as well, you've gone, you've gone, I absolutely hate kits. So I was like, oh, so he's going to, he's going to do something really clever and like incorporate something up. No, you just went for a kit again. All yeah, right. I've, I've gone for a kit, but uh, I, Modern football kits, especially, I think definitely in the sort of late 80s, that was when they were like, when you got like West Germany, incredible kit, Holland's kit. Oh, I do like it. I do like it. Nice. That is very nice, actually. Very, very nice. I Yeah, no, I do like that. I definitely it's think that's It's sort of anyone listening and who isn't going to search this, I don't know how to explain this. It's red with a white collar. Would you yeah. say it's like paint splattered on it? It looks broken. <laughs> yeah, the metaphor for the Soviet Union. To be fair, they were pretty broken at that time. <laughs> In fact, it's probably better for people to just to search this and me trying to explain it. It's hard. Yeah, it's very. But nice I, I like. Um, I'm sort of the same as you. In a way, but I do actually like football kits. But I like. I prefer them when they don't look like football kits. So you know when it's like. So I, I like. I like football kits that are. A little bit like the one Drew's wearing. It's sort of like a polo shirt. So it's it's tried to look a little bit more like an average shirt. It's just you've got your team on it. I very rarely wear a football kit out unless I'm going to watch the team play. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem with, with them. I just don't think modern football kits are very good at all. Like when you look at, I think a few years ago when Liverpool had that purple and orange thing from Warrior, I thought that was terrible. <laughs> I own that shirt with Lucas on the back. <laughs> There's, they have a worse away kit this year, in my opinion. Are you that on about? That's a, it's a lovely piece of shit. <laughs> it's a that, is it? I don't know what color it is, but it's like, the one that they played against aqua. United. In. It's called like, Aqua. Is the official description? And Everton had a pink kit. United had a pink kit. I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't like them. Stick to your club colors. Don't don't don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think the plainer the plainer a shirt is the better, which is why this year for some reason most clubs have gone. Let's make the most snazzy kit we can think of. Like United have done it, City have done it, Arsenal did it. Uh, Liverpool's is quite plain actually, so that's not as bad. The City's kit changed in ten years. It just seems to be the same kit every. <laughs> yeah, but this this year it looks like a broken phone screen. Like it, it looks like it's been smashed. <laughs> Just a metaphor for what City are doing to the rest of the league. Right, well, it's a, it's a lovely kit. Even though you don't like them, that one you chose is very nice. And it looked quite cheap on eBay, so I might buy it. Anyway, uh, we'll go back through your choices now, Andy, to make sure you're happy with your team as it stands. 
And then all that would left to do is for you to name the team. All right. So here we go. You went for a 4-3-3 formation. In goal, you have <laughs> motorsports driver and part-time goalkeeper, Fabian Bartes. In defence, you have the right-back of Carlos Alberto. Centre-backs, John Terry for his slip. Bobby Moore for being an all-round legend. And Roberto Carlos for fathering half of Brazil. <laughs> yeah, we move into the midfield. And uh, it's a very interesting midfield that probably don't get on. But uh, the first one, we've got Roy Maurice Keane. And we have Paul Gascoigne with his with his picnic and six, six cans of Carlin. And then Zinedine Zidane on the right-hand side. And then onto your forward line, a mix of hair, no hair, and abs in <laughs> Claudio Kinesia for getting absolutely minced by a, a Cameroon player. Uh, and also for having lovely hair and being good at football too. Fat Ronaldo and Flat Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> And then super sub, Ali Dia for doing what everyone wants to do in stealing a living and going <laughs> and lying and playing for a football team because of it. Fair <laughs> play to him. Uh, manager, Jack Charlton, mainly for the 1990 World Cup, sort of turning around that island side. Stadium, Upton Park. Uh, can't agree with you more about teams moving from one stadium to another. Uh, the kit is the 1990 Soviet Union kit, which is very nice. Like Drew, you might see Drew in it in a future podcast. <laughs> All right, so a great scene there, Andy. All that's left to do is for you to name the team. This is going to get named after my like university sort of halls digs team. Uh, it's just I just like it. It's like a fantasy football team. Borussia teeth. Borussia teeth. <laughs> Borussia teeth. Lovely stuff. Well, thank you very much for coming to the podcast, Andy. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very Sorry. much, please. I've really enjoyed it. Well, there we go. That was Andy's team. A great team with a mix of uh, players and players that probably won't get along very well, but it's a good mix in there. So he went for a, a 4-3-3, a very popular formation in the modern game. Yeah. Uh, then started off with <laughs> Fabian Bartes, who not renowned for being the world's best goalkeeper you've ever seen. Yeah, and it I, sounds like he didn't pick him because for anything good. Just, you know. Just constantly short, stood there with his arm up. Short, bald man who used to, I don't know, give himself a wedgie when anyone was taking a penalty. <laughs> the ultimate put-off technique. Try and show the opposition. Imagine the crowd behind just like, whoa! <laughs> Full moon. <laughs> so then on to the defenders. The fullback pairing of Carlos Alberto and Roberto Carlos. Amazing. Brazilian sandwich with English filling. And there you go. That sounds like a different thing entirely, but it <laughs> does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. the uh, the great pairing of Alberto and Roberto. They, nice. uh, obviously, both incredible fullbacks. Um, Carlos Alberto, way before our time, but. All you have to do is go back and search how good he was to see mm. what a player he was. And then obviously, Roberto Carlos. We've spoken about at length multiple times. So we'll Most caps player in nostalgia. There you go. And then centre-backs, John Terry, again, for the reason that he slipped. <laughs> for the same reason. The United fans, obviously, <laughs> a big fan of that. And then Bobby Moore, <laughs> World Cup winner. Iconic photo of him holding the World Cup trophy aloft. 
And obviously, it's an all-round amazing footballing legend. Yeah. 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 And uh, probably one of the most deadliest, but not very uh, coherent midfields we've ever had. Yeah. Deadly in the sense that Roy Keane will break your ankles and then Zidane will headbutt you. And Paul Gascoigne will just laugh. <laughs> and, then, and then bring you a sandwich. <laughs> and tell you he slept with your wife. <laughs> but yeah, Roy Keane, obviously, hell of a player. Great pundit as well, but hell of a player. He obviously, no nonsense style of football. Say that in and out of the dressing room, obviously, he had a hold in that dressing room and didn't let anyone get by with anything. If you put Roy there was, Keane... There was, the the- whole, there was the whole thing of when Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba were doing all their dances at United, it was like Roy Keane would have stamped that out. <laughs> Literally, I think he would have stamped on them yeah. doing it. And then Paul Gascoigne, obviously, one hell of a player, one of the like generational talents. It just it just couldn't shake his demons, and unfortunately, it did hamper his career in a lot of places. But he still managed to have a hell of a career, and is widely regarded as one of the best English players to ever come through the system. From the sounds of it, as well, when you hear people talk about him, it sounds like he just enjoyed his career. Yeah, you know, like he just he clearly just had a good time, and maybe sometimes had too much of a good time. But it was like, what was it? Um, there was one where the press made fun of him because they said he was overweight. So he scored a goal, put the ball under his top, and just pretended to be overweight. And it yeah. was just like, didn't take himself seriously. Love it. Yeah, it's very similar to sort of George Best in that sense, where yeah, he yeah. had a bit of a tongue-in-cheek relationship with the media, and they all knew what was going on, and he knew what was going on, but they all just went along with it anyway. And yeah. Unfortunately, it came back to bite him, but you know, hopefully, he's doing well now. And then, big Zizu, Zizu. the touch, the volley, the skill, the headbutt, everything. What a player! <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. No more needs to be said. Yeah, that's summarised very well. And then, the Cameroon rival, Kinesia, <laughs> Kinesia. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hell of a head of hair. So you're obviously a fan. And <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> That video of him, again, we'll ask you to pause right here. Go and watch the video of Claudio Canizia running up the wing for Argentina and getting absolutely ruined by Benjamin you know, Menzing. You know in Marvel superhero movies where someone gets absolutely like like smashed by like the Hulk into a wall or something like that? This one looks more painful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> full, full tilt. So good that the player tackling him actually loses his boot in the process and then whilst trying to put the boot back on tries to kick another Argentina player and then gets surprised when he gets sent off yeah fair play I love I love that like the as much as you get annoyed about it and stuff like that it's so funny when a player will absolutely clearly foul someone tackle someone it's clearly a foul and they'll they'll do that and that means yeah. didn't touch him didn't nothing touch to do him. With me nothing to do with me yeah but obviously he clearly was absolutely cleared out but Upon research, actually a very good player as well, Claudio Canizia. So, yeah, there we go. And then the two Ronaldos, fat and flat, which we we <laughs> again, like Andy said, I hope that doesn't take off. <laughs> um, we like we were joking about all that a lot, and like how good the players were. Imagine them two in the same team. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. Imagine that. Yeah, I mean, like Ronaldo at his prime when he was on the wing, and yeah. the other Ronaldo up front. Yeah, or even as a striking partnership, that'd be amazing. But yes, the uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, to go around a goalkeeper a few times in your career is a difficult skill. 88 times is incredible. (laughs) That's insane. It is insane. That's absolutely mental. 
but yeah, a hell of a player, an iconic player, sort of that same ilk of Zidane and Ronaldinho and sort of inspirational mm. to generations after them. And then the same with Ronaldo. Ronaldo will inspire generations of players now to become footballers. Yeah, I think he's been an inspiration for years now, isn't he? And it's he's still going. It's mad. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've obviously spoken about Ronaldo in length again. And he's just that player, you know, he's just unbelievable. There's not, not more, not enough can be said about the, the talents and the skills of Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. So we won't. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> So the ultimate blagger, Ali Deer. <laughs> now, I absolutely love the idea that someone impersonated George Weir to get this guy on a pre- on a Premier League football team. And nobody at that club thought to question, does anybody know if that definitely was George Weir or what? <laughs> no one thought to question it. And obviously they regretted it because he played one game and was substituted very quickly in that game because he was quickly found out to not be a professional football player. And just an average Sunday League sort of player. I I mean, even even at the time it happened, how how <laughs> does that happen? God knows. I mean, all I can say is fair play to that man for trying and and succeeded. <laughs> like I, you don't see that. I think you'll never see that again. It's a modern game with like social media and everything. You'd never get away with it. But back then, he took his chance and he got there. And I didn't take his chance when he was there, but he, <laughs> he got there. <laughs> there you go. Hell of a yeah. hell of a story. Not a hell of a player, just a hell of a story. <laughs> and Jack Charlton, manager. Yeah. Uh, can't argue with the reasoning behind it. No, Obviously, us being Welsh, know the sort of impact a international manager can have on the side. And Jack Charlton yeah. had that with Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. I think it sort of goes under the radar with like bigger international sides because they expect success. But when... A manager comes into a smaller nation that hasn't necessarily had a lot of football success for them to turn it around just makes them like a god in the, oh, fo- yeah. in the football fans' eyes, like Chris Coleman for us, Gary Speed, and then obviously Jack Charlton for Ireland. It's just you see That's the difference true. it makes when a, an actual manager comes in to manage a group of players that necessarily aren't the best, but with the right manager and coaches can get to achieve good things. And you feel like he'd be the sort of manager that was no nonsense. You couldn't, you oh, couldn't. Yeah mess around you couldn't like <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. then the kit 1990 soviet union shirt which actually is very nice i really do it like is it. nice yeah but it's um obviously a quite obscure kit i don't suppose anyone's ever thought about having the soviet union kit before <laughs> but it actually looks like a kit that could be released now looking at it yeah sort of yeah, yeah. with all with all the sort of designs that are coming mm-hmm. out yeah yeah I can definitely. imagine yeah a nice kit i'm playing at upton park yes or the Berlin Ground, as you said. I think it is called the Berlin Ground. Yeah, um, but something like that was the it? nickname. Yeah. So, but yeah, obviously iconic stadium for West Ham. Unfortunately, they have now demolished. I was going to say, I remember the last game played there was against United, and it was the one where um, United's bus was. The fans were very passionate that night. Put it that way, and um, you had videos from inside the bus of Jesse Lingard and other players, sort of like ducking below their seats because things were being thrown at the bus. Jeez. I remember that. Well, that's West Ham. <laughs> yeah. Now, to be fair, I've uh, I've sat in the way and uh, Burnley West Ham game and I sat with the West Ham fans and they were lovely. So uh, nothing but nice things to say about West Ham fans. Fair enough. 
Um, but yeah, I can see that some some of them are a bit overzealous with their passion for the football team. You can say you can say that about any team, though, can't you? Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Like there, there is no team that doesn't have those extremely overpassionate fans that will do anything uh, to the club. There is City, but they don't have any fans, so that's why. It's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> we had fifty percent of their fan base on a few uh, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, and then, <laughs> let's wrap it up. The name Brutsia Teeth, a classic fantasy football student digs football team name. Yeah. Wordplay. Great team name. Yeah, for a great team. Yeah. There we go. That wraps us up again for another week. As always, we will point you in the direction of our social media channels. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, and we have an email address at uh, sorry, and it's called nostalgiafcpod at gmail.com. Uh, the other socials, you will find us at nostalgiafc. Uh, just type us in and you will find us. You will find uh, little quizzes. You will find posts about things we've said in the podcast, exclusive content, video clips, which George makes. It's all good, a lot of good fun. So go follow us over there. Yeah. Uh, and all that remains to say is thank you again for listening to the podcast. Please leave us a good review if you can. And that was Andy Holden delivering Borussia Teeth. And what a team it was. What a team it was. Looks like the sun's come out where you are as well. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't fix this now. Oh, wow, you've discovered the power of curtains. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Start, started with Fabian Bartes, ending with curtains. No, I'm like being blessed by the Lord. <laughs> when you went, I don't think I can fix this. <laughs> just pulled the curtain across. As if you didn't know how curtains worked. <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna get off this now and be like, Do you know, did you know what those <laughs> curtains are for? <laughs>